Okay, let's get into this today's parak, Malachim Aleph Parak Tess, as we start the um, discussion of the Binyan Beis Amigdash that has now been been completed. So we just had the large parak of the celebration that took place uh, of the finishing up the Chanukah. Uh, the finishing and the starting of the avoda of the base of Megdash, the celebration of the building, and the beginning of the starting of the avoda and the base of Megdash, and now starts uh, the the and Shlomo Melech's long tefillah relating to besiege Hashem. Please listen to Am Yisrael throughout the ages. Please listen to all the nations. And now the parak starts off. Once Shlomo did that, so Hashem appears and gives him an answer. Hashem appears to him and says, "I heard your tefillah, and yes, I will listen to tefillos. I will keep my eyes and heart on." This building, this makom forever. And I will be with you like I was with David Amelech. But Hashem says, only as long as you keep my laws and you keep my mitzvahs and you keep my Torah. But, uh, we'll see in the coming prakim, if you or Am Yisrael slip up, then this mikdash, which is a gift, a gift that you gave to me, but it's really a gift I'm giving to you. A place where I can be mashra meshchina. If you do not live up to your part of the bargain, then this beautiful, gorgeous building will be destroyed. Hashem says it right here, right when it's, uh, when it has been built, uh, it could all be lost if you don't keep your end of the bargain. And Rahman al-Islam, we know that's exactly what happened. So that's the first half of the parak. Then the parak describes, it was, so it was after Shoma built these buildings, the two, the 20 years that it took to build the two houses, the, the 13 years for, for the base Hamikdash, and the, the seven years for the base Hamikdash, and the 13 years for his own house. So then what happens? It starts talking about, uh, the land. Tchira Melech Tsar is again mentioned. He sends, uh, wood, woodworkers to Shlomo. Shlomo gives him 20 cities in the north. He's not happy about the cities. He thinks they're, uh, they're not acceptable cities. Either way, it was part of this, uh, financial agreement. Hiram sends, uh, a bunch of gold, and then the Navi describes how Shlomo has taxes collected from all different areas. He builds a house for his wife, Basparo, and he, uh, deals with the, uh, nations that were never, um, pushed out, the Amori, the Kanani, the Prizi, he deals with them properly, and he makes them avadim, and he makes them pay taxes. Three times a year, the Torah, the Navi describes, right, Ali Regel, Am Yisrael started coming up to this place, to the Beis HaMikdash, right, this was Sukkot, but they're going to come up three times a year, and the Perak ends up by saying that there were boats, there were ships in the different areas that Shlomo Melech had, carrying jewels from all over. So again, Perak Tez ends on a high with Am Yisrael peacefully living, there's affluence, there is, uh, everything that could be, uh, going well for them is going, is going well. Okay, so now let's get back to the, uh, the beginning of the, of the parak. Vayahi, kechalos, shlomo, livnos, es beis Hashem, es beis hamelech. So it was when shlomo hamelech finished building the base Hashem, the base Hamikdash, and his own house, that's kol cheshek shlomo, ashachavit klasos, and all the things that he desired. That he wanted to build. The Malbim says that this is beyond. Shlomo Mel built his own house. He built the Beis HaMikdash. And also he built other things. Cheshek Shlomo Asher Lios. We know the Cheshek Shlomo is a safer by Shlomo Mivilna. Also the Cheshek Shlomo, his desire. That was the, the, he took that na- the name for a safer from this Pasik. This Pasik, Pasik Aleph here, there are different Minhagim. We mentioned that the previous Perek is the Haftorah for Shmini Atzeres, for Sfardim and for Ashkenazim. Some have the, uh, one Minhagim to read this Pasik with the previous parak, and one is not. The question is that Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky points out the machlokas between the Minhagim are is this 
Pasik, the climax, the finishing up, Shlomo Melo finished. Or is this the lead in to the next parak? Once he finished, Hashem spoke to him and had a vision. That's why there's different minhagim, whether you read this Pasik with that Aftorah, or no, like we have in a parak test. Rabbi Yaakov already uh, pointed out earlier in his commentary in the earlier Shiurim that the Prakim were not made by Jews. The Prakim were made by, uh, by, uh, non-Jewish sources, so we're not being medayik anything from the beginning of the parak, but in terms of the minhagim of the Haftorah, there are two different minhagim, whether this Pasik is read, uh, previously or it's read with, or it goes with it following, and therefore it wouldn't be read with that, with that Aftorah. The Tzidkas uh, HaTzad, the Grif here, in Reish Mem Tes, he talks about Cheshek, he talks about desire. Right, we know that here it says the, all the things that Shlomo desired. And the Malbim said, that means he built things that he wasn't commanded to build. Says the Tzidkas HaTzadik, Cheshek, if there is a desire to do something, so then desire could overcome so much for good and for bad. If there's a type, if there's a cheshek, like the Gemara says in Makos, where a person wants to go, that's where he's going to end up going. Not just miraculously, Hashem is going to help you along, but your desire to be there is going to push you. If there's nothing holding you back, let's say there is, I want something, but if there are, are laws, and if there is uh, ethics, and there are, there are things that are holding me back, but if pure desire could push and go very far. And that's why Shlomo HaMelech said, At the time when he was on top of the world, he just built the base of English, there was nothing with uh, preventing him from doing anything. That's why our Pasuk says, he quotes, Anything that he wanted to build, he built. Because that's the state. There was no, there was no holds barred. There was nothing holding him back. He had the ultimate ability to fulfill all of his desires. And he had a tremendous desire to be close to Hashem. Right? Shir Hashirim. Right, that's the uh, and he continues talking about this could be positive, this could be could be negative. The the Bali Musar also point out this uh, in Parshas Vayishlach, where you think about how is it possible that an entire city would agree to get circumcised because there's one guy that you know wants to get married to a to a Bas Yaakov. Would the whole city agreed? Yeah, we could have great financial uh, deals with with them. So it's a good deal. How were they convinced? So the Bali Musar pointed out is based on one phrase. One phrase at the beginning of Paraklamadalid. How did he do it? The Torah tells us. And they found out and they spoke to they spoke to um, they spoke to their nation. Chamor spoke to them. Same word. He has a desire. He has a taiva. Let's get married. And the chulu. And then it says they spoke that we, you have to be circumcised. And what happened? He turns around and speaks to their, to the nation. The nar, the shchem and chamar. Nothing prevented them. Why? 
Because he had a desire. Parak test. When there's a desire and you really want something, there's no holding back. Here it was Lara, but obviously it could be Latov too. That's the Musr that the Rav, the Rav Sadok teaches us from this one word. Cheshek Shlomo Asher Chafetz Lasos. He has both, both words in there. You have Cheshek and you have Chafetz, both in Pasagal. Good. So what happens? So Shlomo has built the Mikdash. Vayera Hashem el Shlomo Shenus. Hashem now appears to Shlomo for a second time. Kasher Nira Begivon. As he appeared to him in Givon, right? That was back in Paragimel when Hashem appeared to Shlomo and said, "I'll give you whatever request you want." And Shlomo asked for wisdom, and Hashem says, "Because you asked for wisdom, I'll give you everything." But that was the the pasuk is saying this was only the second time. That's didn't Hashem speak to him in between? So the Malbim says this was only where here and earlier it was on the level of Nevuah. There were other times that Hashem spoke to Shlomo, but it wasn't always on the level of Nevuah. Hamara Sherah Batrilas Habinyan Einam and Acheshbon. That he spoke to Akadish Baruch at the beginning of the Binyan based on Migdash, that doesn't count. That was not Nevuah Gemurah. It was Vaidvar Hashem, El Shlomo, Shazem Madrega Katana. Right? That's why it doesn't mention that here. It doesn't cross-reference. It's only earlier in Paragimel and here. There is a machlokas Rishonim whether Shlomo HaMelech Bechla was considered one of the Nevi'im. We know the Gemara tells us in Masechah's Megillah there was seven, Nevi'im, seven Nevi'os and 48 Nevi'im. The seven Nevi'os there's no machlokas about because that's mentioned in the Gemara. The Gemara mentioned the seven prophetesses on Yudalam and Aleph, Sarah, Miriam, Dvora, Chana, Avigail, Cholda, and Esther. The seven uh, Nevios. Who were the Nevi'im, though? That's not in the Gemara. They have to look in Rashi. Rashi quotes the, uh, the, the, the Bahag, who quotes the Seder Olam, and the Grah has his list. But according to everyone here in Megillah, Shlomo's on the list. Right? The first one's on the list. Avram, Yisrael, Yaakov, Moshe, Aaron, Yeshua, Pinchas, Elkanah, Eli, Shmuel, God, Nasan, David, Shlomo. I was reading Rashi. And he continues who they were. So Shlomo was a, was a Navi, according to Rashi, according to the Grah. The Rambam in the Moranavuchim, we mentioned this, I think, a couple of Prakam ago, was not so convinced. He had moments. He had moments, obviously, like many people had moments. But uh, he was not, he might not have been a full-fledged Navi. That's why, interesting, the books that he wrote are in Suvim. They're not in Navim. Right, Shlomo Al didn't write Malachim. Who wrote Malachim? Yirmiyoh Navi wrote Malachim. But Shlomo's books are Kohelas and Mishlei and Shir Hashirim. Those are in Suvim because it's a different level. It might not be on the level of of Navi. Good. So what happens? So Hashem appears to Shlomo. heard your supplication. I have sanctified this house. I have I have uh, sanctified this forever. All days. This is the Pazik that teaches us that once Hashem rested His presence in the base of Migdash, there is never an allowance to bring a carbon anywhere else in the world. Up until the Binyan base of Migdash, we know it was on and off, on and off the Isurim. Right? Once there was a, there was a Mishkan, so then there was an, uh, there was an Isurbamos. Once there was Shiloh, there was an Isurbamos. But when there wasn't the Mishkan, the Mizbeach in the Mishkan, then you could bring a carbon wherever you wanted. Up until Binyan Beis Hamikdash. Once there was Binyan Beis Hamikdash, even if there is no Beis Hamikdash, we're not allowed to bring Karbanas anywhere else in the world except for the Mikdash. That's the Rambam in Hilchos Beis Abachira in Parakvav says the Rambam that when it comes to the Kedusha of Yerushalayim, that is eternal. And the Rambam describes Lama Ani Omer BeMikdash of Yerushalayim SheKedusha Rishon Kedushas and Lasse Lavo UbeKedusha Shar Eretz Yisrael Lenin Shviyasu Maisus Vachayotzim and Lo Kitchel Lasse Lavo. Why do I say that the Kedusha of the Mikdash in Yerushalayim is eternal? 
while the kedusha of the rest of Eretz Yisrael went down. Once the Jews went into exile, so then we don't have we don't have Shumas and Maisras to Arisa nowadays. What's the difference? Why is Yerushalayim and the Mikdash different? Explains the Rambam Lafisha Kedusha Sam Mikdash Yerushalayim Mipnei Hashchina Veshchina Ena The Kedusha of Yerushalayim and the base of Mikdash goes by. Hashem. Once Hashem rests in His presence there, it's, for, it's forever. And like it says, I have made desolate your Mikdash. Even though they are, it is desolate, it is still has the Kedusha. And therefore, that's only Yerushalayim and Mikdash. When it comes to the rest of Eretz Yisrael, that's totally on all of Am Yisrael. So once they leave, it could be that the Kedusha leaves. But that's all alluded to in this phrase right here. That Hashem says, I will be there ad olam. Even when there's no Beis HaMikdash, that spot is designated is designated uh, forever. Interesting, the second phrase here of Enai Velibi Sham Kol Hayamim, that is, a, that is the language that the Gemara in Yavamis uses in terms of how we're supposed to look when we daven. Right, how are we supposed to look when we daven? The Gemara tells us in Yavamis Daf Kofei. Rabbi Chiyav, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi they said, one of them said, Hamispal Sarach one of them said, you have to look down when you're diving. Your eyes have to be facing down. Hashem's eyes and heart are looking down at the Mikdash. So that's why we have to copy that and look at the Mikdash. And the other one said, no, there's a Pazik in Eicha. We have to look up. We have to look up. We have to look down. And then the Gemara ends off by saying, a little of both. You have to have your eyes down and your heart uplifted and raised up. So both psukim um, are fulfilled. If you look in the Musar Hanavim and his Bior, he says, what's the message? We have to look, be looking up and looking down. We have to be davening for Gashmias and we have to be davening for Ruchnias. That's the eyes and our hearts above and below. He says, we have to daven for Gashmias. We have to main Kemachin Torah. But we also... Just because this Kamach doesn't mean this Torah. And therefore, we have to do what we can to daven for our Gashmias and daven for our Ruchnias. Right? That's the uh, g- um, Gemara in Mesechaz Yavamis on Dav Kuf to Kufay. There's an interesting line of the Marshal. The Marshal in the Yamshal Shlomo in Yavamis on that Gemara says, I'm very upset at those Chazanim that stare at the heavens all day. Must have been uh, common in a uh, couple hundred years ago. They daven and just looking at the ceiling. The entire davening. It says they look foolish. For Roy Ligarbohem, Kimo, similar to, they, they think they're looking at Hashem by looking at the ceiling. Misha Mashmiya Kolo Betfilos, it was like somebody who screams the whole davening. Ki'ilo HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Eino Shomea Benachas. Hashem's not going to hear me, I have to scream. No, obviously, chas v'shalom. Kilo kodesh baruch v'eino mashgiach b'pinuye libo shal adam. Zulas habata chushis v'eino kein. Chalila v'chalila. No. He says, besides kedusha, when everybody screams out, you should daven it with a normal, a normal voice. And therefore, it says the, says the Yamsha Shlomo. You can look up every once in a while to get uh, some kavana. But really, you should be looking in the sitter or looking at, looking down or have your eyes closed. You know, that's what the, 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 the tzura of tefillah. The, the Shohanar discusses this in Simon Sadi, Sadi Hey, the tzura of davening, but based on that Gemara, which is based on this Pasuk. So Hashem says, I'm always going to be there. Viata, but you, Pasuk Dalit, it's up to you. You and Klai Yisrael, if you and Klai Yisrael will follow my dictates and follow my laws, then fine. You will always keep the Malchus, but Yisrael will always stay here. Fine. But Pasuk Vav, if you leave me, Avodizara, 
then forget it. This house, this beautiful, gorgeous house, it will be the end. Pasuk Zayin ve'echrati as Yisrael. I will cut off Yisrael. I'm going to send them into Galus. Pasuk Ches va'abayis azeh yek elyon call over alav Yishon v'sharak. This house, whenever anybody passes by, they'll scream and they'll wo- they'll groan. They'll say, "Whoa! Remember what used to be here? Remember how beautiful this was?" Right, and now look at it. Now look at the desolation. The Yomru and everybody will say, Why did Hashem do this? And they'll say, Because his people have have left him. The question that all the, Risho, the Mepharshim deal with is one word in Pasaches. This house, what does it say? It should be Haya. This is what people are going to say. This house was the best. What do you mean, will be Elyon? So many Mepharshim explain that, two, uh, two points. Number one, the Bar Moshe says this, that maybe this is talking about that once we see the desolation, it'll be terrible, but that itself will give us some comfort. Because there are many prophecies that if we do bad, we're going to lose it, but if we do better, we're going to come back. And he quotes, that's the famous Gemara at the end of Makos, when Rabbi Akiva is looking at Harabayas, with his chaverim and uh, everyone else is crying, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu and, and Rabbi Akiva is laughing, and the question is, why are you laughing? So Rabbi Akiva says, "Well, I see the shualim, I see the foxes, you know, walking across Harabayas, and if I see that coming true, so it must be that the other nevuos are going to come true too. If it's true that if we don't follow Hashem, then we're going to lose the base of Megdash, then obviously, if we follow Hashem, we'll get it back. So that's what it means. This house will be Elyon, meaning once we lose it." we will realize that it's really true and we'll be able to get the base of Mikdash back. It's one idea. One might be able to suggest another idea, and that is sometimes you only appreciate things when you don't have them. You know, when we lose something, that's when we're like, wow. The, the Torah describes the mun when B'nai Yisrael complained about it, when they were about to lose it, possibly. That's when it, it's, uh, it's described. So maybe that could also be, right? It'll be amazing. Once you don't have it, you'll realize how great it was. So therefore, even now, make sure you don't do things to lose it. So that's the ye, yeah, the future tense. So that's what Hashem says. Make sure you follow my path. It was at the end of the 20 years that Hashem built, that Hashem helped Shlomo build these two houses. And then what happens? Hiram Alexar, Hiram comes and says Shlomo some wood. And then Shlomo gives Hiram Esrim Ir Be'eres HaGalil. Gives him 20 cities. Gives him 20 cities in the Galil. The Radak says, in looking different Hayamim, the opposite is said. It says that Hiram gave Shlomo 20 cities. Right, so who gave who 20 cities? So Machlok Esachronim. The, the uh, Radak says, and they reshown him, the Radak says they're both right. They switch cities in order to strengthen the treaty between the two countries. You take some of my cities, I'll take some of your cities. Right, so that's what they did. They're both right. Both the Pesukim and Malachim and the Divrei they switched groups of cities. The Abarbanel is not happy about that shot. The Malbim quotes the Abarbanel here, and they say no. Shlomo gave him the cities, but as the Pazik describes, Hiram didn't like these cities. There were cities where you couldn't plant, it was muddy, it was swampy, it was, it couldn't, it couldn't work here. So Shlomo gave him those cities, says the Abarbanel, to, to work with. But he wasn't interested, they weren't good cities, so he gave him back. That's what it means. The same 20 cities that Shlomo gave Hiram, Hiram gave him back, right? It's talking about the same cities that were given back. The question though, on this is, how did Shlomo give him parts of Eretz Yisrael? He gave him 20 cities, going to both shot him. There's an iser to, to, to give a non-Jew, lo sachanim. Well, titulam chaneh, you can't give him a, uh, you can't give him a, a present for nothing, you can't give him a, uh, you can't give him a piece of land in Eretz Yisrael. So all various suggestions, uh, how this worked. The, uh, the Radak here says, well, maybe it wasn't a gift, it was a, it was a switching. 
there was a purpose. Many Mepharshim explained that losachanim, those Yisurim only apply if it's in a vacuum. But if there's a purpose, it's not a pure gift, but we're, we're friends and you give me this, I give you that, so then that wouldn't be a problem of losachanim. That's what the Rinas Yisrach says, the word, um, there's one word here in the Pasuk Yudalaf, Oz, Oz, once they had this relationship, then Yitin HaMelech, only because of this relationship, Shlomo uh, was able to do this. Otherwise, it would have been a it would have been a problem. Again, other suggestions given. The Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky says maybe this wasn't really Eretz Yisrael. It was up north near Syria. Sur- Sur- it wasn't really parts of Eretz Yisrael. But either way, that is a that is a chiddush. So what happens? So Hiram sends to him and he gives him gold, and then the rest of the parak describes uh, a couple of other details. Shlomo builds a house for. Bas, uh, Bas Para, who was his wife, and right? originally she has been sitting in Ir David, but now Shlomo didn't want her in Ir David, so she, he built her a separate house in the Milo. In the Milo, a different area a little bit further out, Rashi quotes on Pasach of Dalit that really this was an open area that was used for pup, for the public when they came to Yerushalayim. Shlomo took it and gave part of it to his wife. Chazal are not happy about that. Taking public areas and giving it to private individuals, so that is not what uh, looked fondly on uh, by Rashi quotes Chazal, and he that was part of the sin that he did with with Bas uh, with Bas Paro. The Pesukim also described that there were certain um, families of the nations of the Sheva Ammon that were still there. It says there was nations Pazachaf, Amori Chiti, Prizi Chivi, Yevusi. They were still there. So the question is, they were still there, and someone didn't do anything. He just took taxes from them. So, what do you mean? Isn't there a mitzvah of hakrim tachrimim, not to let them live in Eretz Yisrael? So the Rambam and the Ramban both say that if they accept to be servants, if they accept the Sheva Mitzvah Sbrei Noach, and they accept not to worship Avodah Zarah, so then you would be able to keep them there on the Chorah. This is a riot to that shita. Some Rishonim don't even say that. It would be a little more difficult why he kept them alive here in here in Eretz Yisrael. And the parak ends off, the Hela Shlomo Shalosh Famim Bashana, three times a year, the Shalosh Regalim Shlomo gives Olos and Shlamim on the Mizbeach, right? And uh, it's a very uh, wonderful, uh, peaceful time. And the parak ends off, Aishlach Hiram Ba'anias Avadav, they were boats, Shlomo had boats, Hiram, who was uh, Shlomo's, uh, um, he had an agreement with him, his Baal Bris, he, they also had boats, they went to Ophir. Ophir brought gold from Ophir. Just to end with this, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky says, where is Ophir? So he says that when he was younger, he saw he saw a little booklet that was at least 300 years old. He says, Ra'isi bi'aldusi, safron katanatik, more than 300 years old, meaning it was a book that was from the time of the 1400s. And he says, it's clear from the book, that they knew about the new world, about America, even before Columbus. It was much earlier. And in the book he says, Ophir is described as Peru, which is in South America. Peru, and that's known for its gold, says Rav Yaakov Gabineski. So maybe that's what's being referred to here, but Yavo Ophira, that's where. And it and doesn't, it works out because it says elsewhere that it took three, it says in the next parak that it took three years for the, uh, for the journey to bring the gold back. So it makes sense. If it's on the other side of the world, they could go there and then bring it back from, from South America. Either way, this is the next parak about Shlomo HaMelech. We have one or two more prakim about Shlomo and what he does before we get to the rest of the Sefer, and that is after Shlomo dies and the splitting of the Malchus. But two more prakim relating to Shlomo HaMelech's life itself. Okay, we'll stop here.